welcome to the Yoga Mat Podcast. This is the first Yoga Mat Podcast. I'm Matt Barker. I'll be looking at different aspects of health, from moments of mindfulness to the science of pushing the body to the extreme. I'll be hearing from different people, listening to their philosophies and ideas on health, learning about the benefits of health and mindfulness in work, sports, art, day-to-day living, and of course, yoga. So welcome to episode one. So, here we go. This episode I talk with Owen Krebs, coach of Lobos de Quito, an American football team based in Quito, the capital city of Ecuador. And you might be wondering why I chose to start my podcast interviewing a coach of an American football team. But my thoughts are that the discipline and techniques using coaching can be very similar to many philosophies you find in yoga. Obviously, training and being aware of your body, but also the mindfulness and concentration that we learn in yoga can be applied to all areas of life, um, especially sports. I met Owen while I was living in Ecuador, and I was lucky enough to go down and meet his team and even give them a yoga class. And I can tell you that watching a group of massive guys with pads on doing asanas is quite a sight. But just the fact that Owen has the open-mindedness to try things like that are one of the reasons that I respect him. Um, I got to know Owen on a rock climbing trip we did in Banos, which is a beautiful wee town in Ecuador situated below the volcano Tungaragua. Just really enjoyed his chat and his thoughts about life. And I just love the fact that he's so open to learning and willing to hear new ideas. So I talked to him about how he got into coaching and the things he's learned on the way. Enjoy. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, man, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you reaching out. And it's uh, it's really cool to be part of this uh, in, the, in the beginning, literally. So I'm from, you know, I was born in Oakland, California. I grew up in Berkeley, California. Um, started going back and forth between Berkeley and Quito when I was about 20 years old. So I've been there for the last 10 years, more or less, on and off, and uh, currently work at an international school, Academic Cotopaxi, teaching math and PE. I have a bachelor's in international studies, a master's in globalized education, and I'm getting my second master's right now in coaching and athletic administration. <laughs> so, well, that's that's a lot of what we wanted to talk about today is the, the coaching that you're doing. And it's nice that that's the freshest master's degree that you've got. But can you tell us a little bit of how you got into coaching? Yeah. So I, I got into coaching kind of, you know, being at the, the right place during a peculiar time in my life, um, heading down to Quito to live full time when I was about 23. I uh, was rocking some dreads and hooping in the local park in Quito, <laughs> uh, probably, probably a little stoned, I don't know. And uh, walking back uh, during the night, on a Tuesday night, I got approached by these American football players um, 
kind of did a double take and they had helmets and shoulder pads and, and they asked me, Hey man, did you play football? And I was like, yeah, was, okay. Could you come help us out? Said, yeah, I'll think about it. Went home, slept on it and uh, was there the next week. And then, and then ever since then I've been coaching for the last five years now. Having not done it before, what sort of role did you feel you needed to fill? You know, I jumped in right away to what I felt most comfortable with, which was teaching the offensive line and defensive line uh, for American football because that's what I had played. You know, I really didn't recognize it, but I think from the beginning I was emulating my, you know, local inner city black football coaches uh, who are, are pretty well known from where I'm from, but but also have their 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 style, um, and uh, I. I think I started implementing their style kind of from the beginning uh, without even being aware of it. Uh, and, and their style, you know, it's, it's many things. It's more than just one thing. Maybe you could give an example of some of the positive parts of coaching that you, you brought with you and then maybe not so positive that you've been able to change. Well, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, first, like, it, 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 right off the bat, I think it was it was really interesting to note that I was in a different country with a different culture, and I was trying to teach a sport that is historically coming from, you know, a completely different, you know, value system in, in, in the United States of get up, tough it out, uh, you know, kind of that sort of mentality, mm-hmm. um, bringing that bringing that down. So right away, I, I kind of recognized, okay, like I'm I'm in a different environment and I'm going to need to adapt a little bit. I think the good parts were in, in many ways, you know, teaching a lot of these young men, uh, you know, very poor young men in Quito, uh, this idea that, you know, you can uh, get through things and, and, and you, you don't always have to look at the negative or focus on the pain and then exacerbate, you know, that issue. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that goes beyond just on the sports, perhaps the lessons they learn in the sport, they can take outside of that too. Yeah, I, I feel like while I was coaching, I had several players that began um, getting more education or, or, or doing things that were more ambitious simply because they also just had more confidence about who they were. Besides, you know, the mental toughness, there was this, this thing about, you know, really instilling this like, you know, nobody can fuck with you. And, and you know, like you're, you're the shit, you know, whether you believe it or not, I believe in you and I know you're the shit. And so really boosting these guys up kind of translated to them in their daily lives. I think, uh, you know, being quite ambitious with, with their goals and dreams and what they wanted to do and, and what they believe they can do. Right. You were changing then as a coach, cause you won three, uh, Ecuador national football league championships. Yeah. What did you learn over that time about coaching and perhaps yourself as a coach? Yeah. But I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but really I feel like I, you know, went down there I obviously didn't have an idea of what coaching was going to be like because it kind of found me but uh, what I really took away from the players was you know the sense of you know if you can bend with the wind you know instead of trying to go against it you know you're far better off being resilient and strong because you'll break really quickly uh going against you know the the culture down there and, and and the more you kind of go with it and flow with it the more it kind of starts to pay off they respect you more and I, I think I was a really intense, I mean, I'm, I think I'm still an intense person, but really intense in, in regards to um, time, you know, when I went down there. And that's something that Ecuadorians are not super intense about. Yeah. They're not time sensitive. <laughs> and when I went down there, you know, I started to learn, you know, it's, it's, it's okay that, you know, practice doesn't start on time. It's okay to go with the flow a little bit here and there. 
and it, and it actually made some some really kind of fun and, and interesting and beautiful practices with with the players that we had that day and, and whoever showed up and when they showed up, you know, because they were all staggered in. Um, so, you know, I started to learn that, you know, letting go a little bit of those deep core beliefs that I held in regards to time. But now I see it's translating to many other things is is sometimes actually more powerful than, you know, it can lead to a lot more um growth and 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 beautiful things than if you if i were to just constantly want to kind of hang on so coaching kind of goes both ways then so give and take yeah maybe it's battles you talked a wee bit before about um deprogramming yourself from coaching what what ways you finding yourself deprogramming now yeah i think unintentionally i was deprogramming myself a little bit just by living in keto and, and coaching but now i'm very intentionally doing it and and, and what I mean by by deprogramming yourself as a coach is is starting to recognize that you know if you started to coach and you kind of jumped into it, which most coaches do, and most coaches are put in that situation, really questioning where are your actions coming from, where is your your personality, where are your actions, where is your your belief system, where is all that coming from? Because most likely a lot of that is coming from the coaches that that taught you, and and it can go then even farther back to the coaches that coached them, et cetera, et cetera. And that can be quite outdated for the times we're living in. And if you want to go forward as a coach or as a human being in general, I truly believe you do have to kind of take that one step back to go two steps forward. Yeah, just to really push it in the in the right direction as well. Yeah, that's what I mean by the deprogramming is is really looking at and, and, and being self-aware, talking about being aware, kind of like the yoga stuff that you're doing, very similar, I think. Being aware of yourself is going to then help you deconstruct some things that could be limiting your capacity to serve and trailblaze and, and really bring something fresh and new and, and not something outdated. Because there's a reason why things get outdated, right? They're expired. Um, yelling at football players in the 60s is something that coaches have found now. It's like that's detrimental, yet we still continue sometimes to yell and scream and get in kids' faces. And so it's like, you know, finding a way to pull back from it, finding ways to talk to them, paint pictures in their minds, you know, have them take deep breaths and recognize what they want and, and where they need to go. Um, it's going to be more helpful. Yeah, that sounds a lot like almost coaching yourself to be a coach. And so what's your health practice? Right. Yeah, well, it kind of goes, uh, yeah, if you're talking about health, you know. When I say health, I mean, I mean it in many different aspects as well. I mean, what is health to you? What does health mean? Yeah, so I think health in my own words would be a combination of awareness and discipline. Um, awareness of your body, mind, and spirit is the starting point, but it's really the discipline to implement what you're aware of that's going to help you maintain over time your health. Are you reading that from a dictionary, Owen? It sounded that was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so with that perfect explanation of it, what's, what is your health then? What is it to you? So to keep my mental health, right? There's all mental, physical, and, and spiritual. So mental and spiritual health comes down to a lot of, you know, reading, you know, self-mastery books. And, and right now I'm really into Don Miguel Ruiz and some of his philosophy of life. Um, but then also just reading other books on coaching or other things that interest me. So keeping my mind engaged with reading. Um, I like to play a lot of music on my ukulele when I get the chance and learn new songs. 
So be able to sing and, and, and use those parts of my brain that need to sing and use those chords and pick up those chords. Um, and then I'm also playing a lot of chess, online chess, just to also just kind of get some analytical stuff in there besides, you know, teaching math. Body-wise, you know, I like to go for runs. I'll sometimes put on like a, a weighted vest and go for a hike. Uh, TRX, resistance bands, you know, a lot of lightweight stuff nowadays. I don't feel like I need the heavy weight on my body anymore. Um, you know, and, and making sure I'm getting that stretchy in the morning and it feels so good when I do, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. that's, that's it. Um, and then also just, you know, food-wise, I'm really working on um, eating local uh, veggies and local meat. Um, that's pretty much it. And, and, and having some fat in there, like some peanut butter or something, but like, you know, organic peanut butter and, and really taking a, a moment to be grateful before I eat the food. So recognizing mm. that the ants were alive and recognizing that those animals were alive before I eat them. And then also, um, you know, making sure I'm chewing quite a bit, right? Digesting, yeah, yeah. and drinking lots of <laughs> so a lot of that sounds very uh, like self-aware and mindful. So where where do you get that inspiration? Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's coming from reading. It's also coming from, you know, I've got a mentor who's uh, quite a Qigong instructor here who's very aware. But I, I, I think, you know, if, if people were to describe me, my family and friends, they would probably describe me as somebody who has been on this journey trying to discover more and more about myself <laughs> yeah it goes back to being 13 i had a botched tonsillectomy where i i almost died i was about 40 minutes away from dying and, and i think since then i've had to, i've had some spiritual moments in my life from since 13 years old which have those have been my those agents of change i guess or catalysts towards you know keeping on discovering things about myself and, and just life in general humans breath you know everything yeah, I mean, I love that kind of thing as well. Like, like life is a journey to be able to do that. I think there's stigma attached to that way of thinking and being a little bit more open-minded to it. But it's nice to know there's people in coaching like yourself. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important that, like you said, like the coaching to become a coaching yourself to become a coach. Whether however you get that, you know, those self-reflective moments. I don't know. I guess that's something that I'm starting to form now as I'm I'm kind of reassessing everything. It's like okay, like. And, and I think this was instilled for me from, from my father also, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, if you're going to be about it, be about it. Right. So it's like, if I, I, I don't want to be trying to get some kids to do something or be something that I haven't already become. Uh, so if I'm not aware and balanced, then, then who am I to be telling them to be aware and balanced? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Appreciate all your, uh, words of wisdom and, uh, coming on and being the first guest. Final question. What would be your advice? to a young Owen Krebs? Yeah. Um, give it, give it time. Give yeah. it time. Yeah. Speaks for itself. Just the patience, right? It's going to unfold. So, I hope you enjoyed listening to Owen's views on coaching, health, and just life in general. The idea he was talking about where we inevitably take on the ideas and styles of our former teachers and coaches is interesting to me. Definitely it's important when we are taking on anything new to find your own style, your own understanding, and 
find what that thing is to you, whether that be yoga or any other type of sport, practice, or any new skills or disciplines. I think being stuck with antiquated methods or allowing stigmas or preconceived ideas to cloud our judgment, that creates barriers that make old habits hard to break and new ones hard to form. There's lots of science and lots of different ways to go about things, so learning is key. That's definitely its own topic and something I'll be looking at in the future podcasts. But next time on the Yoga Mat podcast, I'll actually be talking about yoga, what it is, how it's viewed, and how you can bring different yogic philosophies into your life. So thanks for listening, and until next time, take it easy.